Shalom and welcome back to another edition of the Torah Awakening Podcast. And it's totally my pleasure to have this set aside time with you guys. Um, as you know, I just got back from vacation, so um, I'm like way behind on getting this stuff out. But I could not wait to get back home to get caught back up because I have so much to let um, put out there, um, including um, last week's portion, um, well, the week before last, rather. Um, because we took off and left for vacation before I had a chance to put that out. And then this week's Torah portion. Plus, I have the um, one that I did a while back that I thought I was going to put out. Um, but I was just waiting for the right time. And so, I'm actually going to try to put out a uh, week before last Torah portion, which is a combination of two. And then this week's Torah portion. And then possibly tomorrow, I will put out the last one. So, I'll be all caught up. But... Uh, la- the week before last, I keep saying last, but the week before last, um, it was funny because for those of you who are not um, Torah observant or do not do the, the weekly Torah portions, um, there are times where um, they would do, I guess, based on how the setup is, there are times where you might have two portions for that particular week. So, you you know, rather than just reading one like you normally do, sometimes you wind up reading two. Um, sometimes it's because some of the holy days require a specific reading, so that kind of offsets the um, the the system for doing the complete Torah portion for that year. And so, in order to do that, they have to make several times where they'll combine um, two as one. And so, when we were doing, um, and that was kind of the problem because as we was doing the week before last, I didn't realize that they were doubling up. So I went, I was like, oh my God, there's one more we have to do. And so I had to go and do that. And then I was back on track. And so, um, this one actually closes out the book of Exodus. And it's really, you know, it's, it's one of the things that when you do, you know, when you get towards the end of Exodus, um, Everything is geared towards the building of the temple, the um, fashioning the priest garments for Aaron and his sons and putting all the diamonds and the stones and all. It is so much detail that um, goes into it. And so I think the last, I don't know, the last two Torah portions, three Torah portions rather, are just focused solely on that. And if you're like me, somebody that has to see something to visualize it, it's really hard to picture what is being put together in these Torah portions. And so, you know, as they're talking about these instructions, um, but you gather that it's, you know, a glorious sight to behold, you know, sit back and watch me like, wow, this is, you know, amazing. I mean, because it's, Again, it's one of those things that you can't compare to anything you've ever seen because you've never seen anything like this before. And to know that everything is not, there's nothing on the priestly garments. There's nothing on the, you know, inside the tabernacle or anything like that that you've ever seen before. And so, you know, what do you compare it to? You know, so I believe that seeing it is just like breathtaking because you're like, wow, you know. And it's funny that when it was being put together, when the... Um, things that were going into the tabernacle were being put together. I believe that the the craftsmen that were doing what they were doing, um, it's like they're seeing puzzle pieces, you know, because um, everybody's working on different things. So you're not really seeing everything, 
You know what I'm saying? But you see everything that's going into it. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of detail. You know, I mean, it's things crafted and gold overlaid and, you know, little designs like pomegranates and bells, you know, of gold and all this kind of stuff. And, it's, you know, you, you have the skins being woven together to make the, the covering and all this. I mean, it's just so much, you know, and so I believe that. Although many of the people had seen the things being crafted, a lot of people helped and all this to see the finished act. I don't think anybody had a chance to see that other than Moses and um, Aaron and his two sons because of the fact that they were the ones that were putting everything away in the manner that Jehovah had told them to. And so they begin to put things in certain places. And I think that from that point on, only the high priests were able to go in there and see and just take in, I mean, what this looks like, you know what I'm saying? And and, and truly, it's, it's an amazing sight to behold, as I keep saying. I mean, because I try my best to picture it, but I always have to go back to the pictures that people have drawn. And even there, it's kind of like, okay, well, is this really what it looked like? Or is it something, you know, the person's best understanding of what this looks like, you know? Um, But... The one thing that really stands out to me as I look at it is, you know, the, the, you know, Jehovah is so meticulous in how everything has to be, how it has to be put together. And it's funny that the people that were going to actually do the work, you know, he had to imbue them with a spirit of, of skill and, and, and wisdom you know what i'm saying in order to know how to how to do these things i mean a regular person just could not do this especially when you consider that there's no blueprint there's no picture you know like if you go to the store and buy something has to be a symbol you have a blueprint that shows you what it's supposed to look like and to show you piece by piece step by step how to put everything together to get the finished work but they didn't have anything like that they had to go off of what moses gave them and moses would give them the instructions he would give them the the measurements and all this kind of stuff and they would have to say okay so based off what you said this is what i you know i've come up with and so and it kind of brings to mind a police sketch artist you know when a person is you know going to see the sketch artist he's okay well describe the person that that you saw and they begin to describe them and so based off what the person is saying the sketch artist has to ask a couple of questions to get a better idea of what this person saw and begin to draw it to the best of his ability and in most cases depending on the memory or the attention to detail the of the of the person giving him the the instructions he would have a spot on picture of the perpetrator and so um i believe it was kind of like that you know moses would give them you know perfect detail and as he gave it to the people, you know, that God had imbued with this skill of craftsmen and workmanship, they would be able to just flawlessly put it together. And so that's kind of what went on in these two um, Torah portions. You know, um, again, it kind of really went deep into um, putting everything together. It went into, you know, um, the people who were called to do the work, you know, Jehovah specifically called people by name and said, I want this person, I want that person, I want that person. And it kind of, it really makes you think, you know, people that are really gifted, and I think I said this before in the previous Torah portion, but people that are really gifted and skilled in certain areas that, 
Yehovah has clearly given them a gift. It's not just because, oh, they're just smarter than everybody else. But I believe he gives people gifts, you know, to do certain things that they excel at naturally. And I believe that because of this, I think that we're obligated to honor him with those gifts. I'm not saying everything has to be about him, but I'm saying at some point we should seek ways to honor him with our gifts as well, since he's the one that has given it to us. And so, nonetheless, I believe that all these people that he had given the skill to do this task, which was building the tabernacle and the furnishings, where the case might be, I believe that once that had been accomplished, you know, that was a skill that they were able to use, you know, in their personal vocation, whatever it might be. Well, clearly, if they was working in wood and, and you know, doing craftsmanship or carpentry. Um, if it was working in metals, metallurgy, you know, doing things like that. And I believe it was something that was made that was able to profit them greatly in their um their their vocation. And so as you're going further through it, I mean again it's, it's full of measurements and, you know, um instructions of what's supposed to be put in there. But as you're going further through there, um again you just can't help but notice how Every single detail is laid out in there, you know, and and it kind of makes me think, you know, uh, again, when I look at these Torah portions, I try to look at how does this apply to me? How can I apply this to my life? When you look at something like this, you're like, how and you know, how do you compare, you know, building this temple to your personal life? And so to me, it, it what what comes to mind is me as a believer because you know we are tap we are the tabernacle of the living god paul talks about this in one of his epistles you know and so that being the case you know the tabernacle was the skin and his presence jehovah's presence dwells inside of that you know and so that being the case we are this tabernacle and looking all the care that was put into it it kind of makes me think that it's kind of like if you're going to a formal event and you got your best suit or dress on and everything is perfect. You know, you don't want to lean against something dirty. You don't want to mess it up. You don't want to eat certain things like greasy foods or something like that because you don't want to get any of that on you. So you're real careful with where you go. You know, before you sit down, you're looking at your chair to make sure it's clean. You might put a, a, a cloth down or something like that on there so you're not sitting on the actual seat, but you're sitting on the cloth, you know. And you might put a cloth over your lap if you're about to eat because you don't want to get food on it. You know, so you're really careful about what. And in that, I kind of think about your personal walk. You know, that would be equivalent to, you know, things that you might watch, things that you might do, activities you might engage in, you know, people that you might come come in contact with, you know, um, or just, you know, what you feed your spirit, man, you know, as far as reading, prayer, things like that, you you really want to be mindful, you want to make sure that everything is, you know what I'm saying, everything is spot on, everything is clean, or whatever, you know, you don't want to be in places where you can mess up your stuff, and so I kind of think about that as being us, and all the detail that went into it kind of makes me think that we need to pay attention to, you know, or we need, we need, we need to be mindful of the detail that we put we put into ourselves because I mean we're ever learning we're ever evolving I don't mean in the sense of evolution I mean in the sense of our understanding the way we perceive things and we're ever evolving so you want to make sure that you're putting the right type of things in there to get 
the because the end result is to look like Yeshua. So you want to make sure all those things that are conducive to you looking like Yeshua, Yeshua are the things that you take in. And anything that's not conducive to it, you want to make sure that you keep that far away from you. And so that's kind of what I think about as I as I go through this, you know, kind of makes me look at myself. OK, what am I doing? What what type of things am I taking in? You know, am I watching TV shows that are not conducive with my growth? Am I watching or listening to music that's not conducive with my growth? And I'm not saying you can't. I'm not telling you what to watch and what not to watch and what to listen to, what not to listen to. But you want to be mindful to the extent that you do these things, because all these things ultimately um fashion who you are becoming day by day week by week month by month and year by year you know so that's kind of where my mind went as i began to look into this and you know um another thing that was kind of interesting is that um as i was reading this it talked about that it took about um i believe it was two years a month and a day to complete the the tabernacle all its furnishings uh, the Ark of the Covenant and the priestly garments for Aaron and his sons. And it was really interesting that, you know, Jehovah gave them all these specific instructions and everything he gave them had to be done to the T. And so everything that Moses told the people, they did to the letter. And so because they had done everything to the letter, the end result was that the presence of Jehovah had come down upon that tabernacle and it says that the glory was so thick, the smoke was so thick that Moses and Aaron, and they, they couldn't even go into the temple for a period of time because the presence was so thick there. And so I already thought about that. And I was like, wow, this is that's really phenomenal, you know. Um, but ultimately, you know, and what I gleaned from that is that, you know, when Jehovah has given us a work. We need to make sure that the work is done to the T because when it's done to the T, it's almost like if you're going on a journey and you have way makers, you know, OK, um, and you get to this point, you're like, OK, so now at this point, I'm have to turn this way. If I get to this point, I have to go this way, you know, and so you have to follow each point until you get to the next way marker to get to your end result. <clears throat> and once you get there, there's something there for you. And so in their case, the glory of God was waiting for them. So this was like a roadmap to get to the glory of God. And I believe that each of us in our individual calls, there's work that we need to do. We need to seek him for the guidance on how to fulfill this thing and begin to go out there and fulfill this. And in the end result, his glory is waiting for you. You know, his glory might be, you know, elevation in your growth. It might be elevation, you know, in other areas, but ultimately is preparing you for your next journey, wherever that might be. And so that's kind of what I got from this. It, it really wasn't a whole lot to get into because, again, uh, everything was all about um, putting the temple together, you know, and doing all these other things. Um, and that's pretty much all I really got out of this. Again, um, it's kind of hard to get anything other than that, but looking at yourself. And so... At this point, I'm going to go ahead and close this up because I'm a firm believer in when you are doing something that you give the people exactly what you have and then you shut it down after that. You don't say any more. You don't say any less. And so that's pretty much all I have for this one. Um, and I know it's not normally the length that I normally go. And, and you know, the, the, the time that I do this is not really about, oh, I need to do it this length. It just always ends up being that that's the amount of time that it takes to put out whatever I have. And so... 
Um, like I said, this one is, you know, um, very short because I didn't have a whole lot to put out. Uh, but I do want to say that, uh, so this is a Shabbat. So I, I didn't say Shabbat Shalom. So Shabbat Shalom. This is the first Shabbat of the new year. So uh, I believe it was, well, actually, let me back up. So a couple of weeks back, you know, you had people in Israel, they were doing the Aviv search, which I told you about was basically a term relating to, it's an agricultural term. It deals with the ripening of the barley. And um, the reason they were doing this is because of the fact that if you go back, you know, a few Torah portions back in this book, um, Jehovah had told Moses that um, this month, the month of Aviv will be the beginning of months for you. And so that being said, he was not saying that that month is called Aviv. Aviv was, you know, the period of ripening for the barley. And so he said that in the month that the barley ripens, this would be the beginning of months for you. So it would be the basic, basically the new year. And so what happened is that they would go all throughout the land of Israel looking for the ripening of the barley. And they find, you know, a sufficient amount of barley that's ripened. They'll say we have Aviv. And so the next new moon would be Rosh Chodesh. And not only would it be a new month, but it would be the first month. And so they found Aviv in Israel. And so as they found Aviv, they went out and everything and they declared, okay, we found Aviv. So the next new moon would be um, the beginning of the month. So this is the biblical month um, Nisan, which is the first month. And it's really interesting. I've had people ask me this before, you know, like, well, do you guys celebrate the new year, you know, um, the biblical new year? And I'm like, well, no, to my knowledge, what I've seen, nobody really celebrates the new, you know, the new year. In fact, they look at, um, what is it? Is it uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is, or Yom Teruah, as it said in the Bible. The term Rosh Hashanah is not in the Bible. But they'll look at Yom Teruah as being the new year. And they'll send out little, you know, um, texts. Or you see things on, on base saying um, Shana Tova, you know, good year and all this kind of stuff. And <clears throat> it's always been funny to me because that's the seventh month. The Bible makes it clear that that's the seventh month, you know. And uh, how they view it as being the new year is really funny because they, you ask any person, was this the beginning of the month? Now, now it's the seventh month. Well, how is that the, the new year if it's the seventh month? You know, but it's interesting that you have several types of new years. Like there's a new year for um, heart, you know, for planting trees. There's a new year for when kings are ordained. There's a new year for um you know the regular new year which is the beginning of the months um just like we have a fiscal year which is like what october november time frame or something like that and you know then you have like a school year you know the school year begins in august so that's the new year you know but it's not the new it's not the same as a new year in the sense of it being a new year but yet and still people still look at Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah which the term Rosh Hashanah means head of the month you know so they look at that as the new year but when you have the actual new year I've yet to see posts outside of my own personal post on, on social media that talks about um happy new year or anything like that so to answer the question no they really don't look at the new year the way we look at it in our culture um January 1st you know but in any case, though, um, now that uh, and today is day two, you know, today is day two. And Rosh, Rosh Chodesh is actually 
a celebratory time. What I mean by that is that, you know, although it's a festive time, you know, you see people come together, they'll have a meal or a lot of times they do special things, you know, they'll sound the shofar. And so even in my house, I make it a point um, to sound my shofar and to make sure we have a special meal commemorating um, the beginning of a new month or whatnot. And so um, today is day two. And so because and the reason I bring that up is because of the fact that we are at um, the first month, we know that the high holy days or the holy days are now on track. And so according to the Bible, we know that on the 14th day of the first month, we have Pesach or Passover and then you have unleavened bread. So the beginning of the spring feast, you know, the clock is ticking. We, we're winding down to um the high holy days and so that being the case um if you guys have never been to a passover seder i would definitely encourage you guys to find a a a messian jewish congregation in your communities and check it out because it's very interesting i mean because it kind of connects back to when they were in egypt you know and um they were you know Jehovah was getting ready to deliver them away from the egyptians and everything so it's a lot of historicity connected to it so it's, it's it's definitely something different i mean you know the food the the liturgy the ceremony and everything like that so i would definitely encourage you guys to check that out you know it's something that you definitely would never forget um and when you're doing it for the first time just knowing you know the how it connects back to that time it just really you know mind-blowing like wow this is i'm participating in something that you know took place way back, you know, in the Bible days and, you know, during the time of the 10 plagues and, you know, and then knowing that Jehovah said that this is an ordinance forever. So this doesn't end, you know, um, and many would say, well, you know, it's for the Jews, but, you know, Jehovah talked about, you know, for the Gentiles, the people that were not Jews, if they wanted to participate, there were things that needed to be done, but they were allowed to participate if they chose to. You know, they just had to meet the criteria. So clearly it's not just for the Jews. You know, you don't have to be an ethnic Jewish person to participate in that. But just kind of wanted to put that out because I thought that was really interesting, you know, um, and I didn't want to forget to say that. So that being said, we're going to shut this down and next we will be in Vayikra or Leviticus. And so that would be the, um, the Torah portion that I do after this. Um, so you guys enjoy your weekend and I will see you shortly. Yevarecha Yehovah, Vaishmarecha, Yer Yehovah, Panavalecha, Venicha, Isa Yehovah, Panavalecha, Vesem Lecha, Shalom.